This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week five in the NFL. And man, is this season flying by already. Next week, week six, we're going to start prepping for week six, but week five already in the books. An exciting week, a week that, if you really break it down, kind of gave you a lot of clarity towards what's going to be going on in the next couple of weeks and how important some games that were going to be throwaways when the season first started will be in the next couple of weeks. We were going to break down, obviously, the and discuss the Giants' big win in London. Philadelphia survives on the road. Dallas, Kansas City, obviously a lot of bad coaching and a lot of bad uh, decision-making when it comes to these coaching scenarios, game situation scenarios. We have a coach fired already. And we'll look ahead to four major games this week in week six coming up. But before we get started, Verona Wine Cellars. Verona Wine Cellars, located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, provide top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines, for any occasion and any price range. Stop in and tell my guy, R. Pete Patel, that Sergio Rodriguez sent you. Verona Wine Cellars. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleinc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other contact them today at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300 a couple of the couple of the lesser energetic games this week uh and we'll go down real quick the colts on thursday night 12-9 over denver and then i gotta read about and hear about how Russell Wilson's been playing hurt. And here come the excuses. And here come the excuses. How about the guy stinks now? How about he's not any good anymore? Not for the money that he was given. How about, hey, we got duped. We made a trade for a guy who was done, who could possibly give you three to four really good games a year as a, as a, a, and and probably about five or six more as a game manager. But you're highly overpaying for this guy, Denver. You thought you were getting something else. Anyone who can watch football could have told you that he was done. You make this trade. Give up the house, bunch of ones, bunch of twos, and then on top of that, about $200 million, more than that. And now you want to put out some report that he's been playing with a hurt shoulder. Stop. 
stop. Because if you would have won that game, that report doesn't come out. If you go on the field, I don't want to hear it. Fact is, he's been terrible, and he was terrible last year. You're getting what you paid for and what you what you traded for. Buffalo 38-3 over Pittsburgh. Not much to say there. Buffalo was a double-digit favorite, a two-touchdown favorite going in, and they went in, and from jump, they took care of business. And you got to give them credit. Houston 13-6 over Jacksonville. I told you Jacksonville was a touchdown favorite, and when I was breaking down the games on the Friday show, I told you guys that Jacksonville is way ahead of pace in terms of their rebuild. But not to the point where I would lay seven points with them. And it proved. Houston, give them a lot of credit. 13-6 over the Jags. The Pats, 29-0 over Detroit. I told you Detroit would struggle offensively. The line in that game was just weird. And a lot of times, you know what's funny? You can look at fantasy football projections, which uh, a lot of gambling sites are directly tied into. And the lines to these games sometimes are tied in to the projections that some of these players make. And when you get a guy like Goff, who had been lighting it up this year, offensively, now granted, in a lot of situations it was because they were trailing, i.e. game one against the Eagles. But his projections were very low. The Packers, uh, the the Patriots, the week before, came came off playing the Packers, playing a good game, and the line told you that this was going to be a lower-scoring game. Detroit wasn't going to win a low-scoring game. And with a bunch of injuries, you know, you kind of knew where this was going to go. And that's exactly what happened, and they got shut out 29 nothing. Tampa Bay 21-15 over Atlanta. Tampa Bay was up big. The score got close. Again, listen, Atlanta competing. I thought the game was playing out the way I thought it was going to be. I thought Atlanta for once was actually going to get blown out. Give them credit. They hung around. And honestly, they had a, a, a sack which has caused a lot of controversy because they called the roughing the passer. (sighs) Look, as NFL fans, we're going to have to eat this right now. We're going to have to live with our team losing a game during the regular season. I'm going to tell you that in the playoffs, they're going to let it go a little because they're not going to want to try to decide a game on a 50-50 call. But the fact is that the 50-50 call right now is going to go the way of the quarterback because you can't play these games without these guys. And the NFL is not going to put that product out there without the quarterbacks. So for all the people that are saying, well, I can't wait for a playoff game to be decided, it won't. It won't. 
It won't. What is going to be decided is a division. What is going to be decided is a playoff spot, but not a playoff game. And was it a bad call? Of course it was. It was terrible. There was a terrible one in the Raiders game with Carr. But unfortunately, coming off what happened to Tua, you're going to have these calls made to make sure that these quarterbacks can get through 17 games. Quarterback gets hurt in the playoffs. Oh, well, they have a year to get healthy. That's the way that they're going to think. So it is what it is. The Giants win a neutral site game 27-22 in London against Green Bay. Give the Giants a lot of credit. Down 17-3. Injuries in a bunch of places. And they figured it out. They figured it out. And look, um, I'm going to tell you that I've been hearing a lot about the coach. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's done anything great. I don't think he's done anything bad. I'm going to reserve judgment until there is actually some form of a crisis, right? Let me see how the team comes back off a two-game losing streak or something like that. Because, you know... Has he have they done a good job? Yes, they've played hard. Um, and I'll give them credit. Second half against Tennessee and second half against Green Bay in terms of halftime adjustments, phenomenal. But this is the same team that came out ill prepared to play the Cowboys. And this is the same team that struggled to beat Carolina, who's terrible. And the same team that was in a nip and tuck game with the Bears. So I'm not ready to just drop bouquets at Davos feet. But he is four and one. And a lot of credit to Daniel Jones this week getting it done with limited personnel. Because that's what it's about in this league if you're going to be a quarterback. And I thought they were going to be 4-0 going into this Green Bay game, the way the schedule played, especially after Dak Prescott was hurt. They gave that one away, but they got one back. So good job by the Giants keeping their fans relevant, uh, their season relevant for their fans. Now they got four wins. Can they get to that magic number of nine where they can compete for a playoff spot? The schedule says they can, if you really look at it. It's a weak schedule. They do have the Eagles twice. And they do have the Ravens this week. But we all know they're a bunch of frauds. So we don't know what we're going to get. Minnesota 29-22 over the Bears. The Bears competed hard. Minnesota figured out a way to win. And right now, I said Minnesota was going to be 
a really good team this year. And now, to be honest, they've let me down. I thought they were going to be better than what they are. I mean, the record, you know, at four and one, it looks like they're a lot better. But I, I, I have not been overly impressed with the way they've played. They've kind of just figured out a way to win. Uh, but give them credit. 29-22 over the Bears, a game where they fought there at the end because they actually, they actually had a, a, a play where, look, let's go back. Early in that game, early in that game, they're in a situation where they're 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 playing the game comfortably and they're and they're in control of the game, and then you get two plays actually that turn the the, the rhythm and the momentum of the game around. Now, the old Minnesota teams, right? They always find a way to lose these games. Always find a way to lose these games. But at twenty one three. And in control, they give up a late touchdown. They look, they give up a late touchdown to Montgomery to make the game 21-10. But then they gave up another touchdown coming out the half and a field goal, right? So now you could see they're struggling. Then they lose the lead. But they then they came back and they figured out a way to win this game. Look. I don't know ultimately where Minnesota is going to end up this year. I thought they were going to be really good. But what I see is a team that's good enough to lose to anyone right now. Including at the Dolphins this week. Because they do have a pocket of the schedule now. They have the Cowboys. They have the Bills. The Jets are three and two and playing good football. But the end of the schedule looks very easy for them, but they should be able to get easily into double digits. We'll see how that ends up. But Minnesota's got a chance, especially with Green Bay losing to to the Giants this week and going to three and two, they have a chance now to win that division outright. And in order for them to make some noise in the playoffs, they need home field advantage. The Saints 39-32 over Seattle, entertaining game, a lot of scoring in that game. Taysom Hill, what a monster game. By the way, I have Taysom Hill in fantasy, didn't play him. After I was discussing playing him, I didn't play him. But 39-32, good job, good job in that game all the way around offensively. And give Geno Smith some credit. You know, everyone thought that the when they traded Russell Wilson, it was going to be, you know, a total total rebuild for for Seattle. And and look, I'm not saying that they're not. They're obviously in a rebuilding situation. They're nowhere near anywhere where they're going to be, you know, any type of Super Bowl contender. But the point is that they are in a better place to at least 
maintain some semblance of continuity. I mean, Geno Smith, 16 for 25, three touchdowns. If he's going to keep on playing as consistent as he is, they should be able, like I said, to at least continue to be a competent NFL team. Jets, 40-17 to 17 over Miami. One of the games that we gave in the Sergio Rodriguez picks. The picks, who, by the way, went 5-2. and two. We are now 22-19-2 on the season after being five games down under 500. After two weeks, we are now three games over as we march towards that magical number of 10 on the season. But the Jets, 40-17, to 17, a game closer than the score would indicate, like my man Dan DeMarco tried to convince me of yesterday as a Dolphin fan. But the fact is, the Dolphins forgot that there was a fourth quarter in this game, and the Jets totally, totally dismantled them. About time that the rookie, Brees Hall, showed up, and he looked every bit as good as advertised. The Jets at 3-2 and two have an opportunity right now to really, really put themselves in a nice position, especially if Minnesota can beat Miami. Now, I think Miami's going to bounce back. I like Miami this week against Minnesota, especially if that line, especially if Minnesota should be favored in that game. Now, if it's a higher number, like five or six, then Minnesota will definitely win the game. If it's a lower line, like two or three, I think that Miami can win the game outright. I really do. And if you look at the Jets' schedule, they're playing the Packers this week. Going to play a little angry team this week, okay? That game could probably be pretty high scoring. Keep an eye on that. But Broncos, the Patriots at home, which they can definitely beat. The Bills, then the Patriots again. Bears, you know, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks. They can win. They can get to nine wins. And again, now, you don't know if the nine wins is going to be sufficient to get you to the playoffs, especially in the AFC, but at least you're playing relevant football after Thanksgiving. 21-17, Tennessee beats Washington. Washington's got all sorts of issues. Forget about the offensive line being terrible. They're just not doing anything. There's not one thing, not one thing that they can hang their hat on and say, okay, this is what we do well, and we're going to move forward and figure out a way to scheme ourselves towards this. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you look at a team like Carolina, they're bad. They're bad. But they're bad offensively. They can still win a game with their defense. Washington, although they haven't been terrible defensively, they also have not been as good as they should be based on personnel. So now, where do they go from here? This program, this organization is in a heap of trouble. I'm going to try to get Lake Lewis on next week to discuss 
this Washington situation because, again, you know, one of the storied franchises of this league has basically become a joke. And you know what's funny is that the Giants in the same division have been just that over the last 10 years. In fact, I think them, the Jets, and Cleveland are the three most losing franchises in the last 10 to 12 years. And, you know, but it's it, it's just surprising to see these franchises in the NFC East go through these uh, uh, eras of bad football because it's just not, uh, it's not what most of us grew up with, right? We grew up with, okay, the Giants had their bad era in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, right? But, Again, it was a different league, a different NFL. But I don't know how Washington writes this ship. Because if you really look at it, their quarterback play, which again, spotty at best with with Wentz, but it's not like the quarterbacks in the NFC East are elite. And these divisions, if you have the best quarterback, you're going to do well. But it's not like the two, it's not like you're playing and Herbert's in your division. Mahomes in your division. Hell, there might not even be a Derek Carr in this division. So if you can't figure out a way to win in a division where there is a lack of quarterback play, of, 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 of elite-level quarterback play, when are you going to win? San Francisco, 37-15 over Carolina. Carolina inept offensively. San Francisco did enough early and then pulled away late. Matt Rule fired as the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule should just go back to college. The job he should go take is the Rutgers job, I'll tell you that, because that's a whole different scenario there. But don't worry about it. Rutgers will keep on beating Hampton and get their one Big Ten win plus four Howards and all those wins and go to a bowl game, and everyone in New Jersey will keep on applauding the fact that we're paying Greg Schiano like he's Jimmy Johnson. But Matt Rule out, and uh, I expect his next job to be at the college level. Chargers 30-28 to over Cleveland. And somebody's going to have to tell me why the Chargers once a week play to aggravate me. Chargers have a two-point lead. Ball at around midfield. Uh, their side of the ball. Uh, their side of the 50. Fourth and two. Cleveland's got no timeouts, about a minute left. The Chargers go for it. They go for it. They don't get it, and they essentially put Cleveland 10 yards away from being in strong field goal possibility. Like, I just don't understand what goes through these coaches' minds. But I got one better for you. Kansas City 30-29 to over the Raiders on Monday night. 
Kansas City scores to go up 30 to 23. Now, you'd figure they kick the extra point and go up eight and make the Raiders not only have to score the touchdown, but get the two-point conversion, right? That's the name of the game. Let them make the play. No, what does Kansas City do? They go for two to try to make it a nine-point game. Now, people are going to tell you, well, yeah, because if you get that, now they got to score twice, blah, 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 blah. Everybody says if, 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 if. But the fact is that all these ifs keep on putting you in a situation where you're letting the other team off the hook. Let the other team make the play. Kick the extra point and go up eight. Make the Raiders have to make the play. Why do you have to go for a two-point conversion that you really don't need? That you want, but don't need. So what happens, they don't get it. Now the Raiders come down, they punch the ball in. So now, not as dumb as the decision to go for two, but now they go for two instead of kicking the extra point to tie it. And then I got to hear, well, that's a great job because you have a chance to go up and win the game. No, it's moronic. Why? Because there's four minutes on the clock. Four minutes on the clock. And the field goal is still going to beat you. Whether you're tied or up one, the field goal is still going to beat you. Tie the game, and now let them have to make a play. Why go for two and risk them being able to run the clock out on you? Again, make the other team make a play. I could at least have lived with it if they were up two and said, you know what? We're going to go for two to try to make this a four-point game because we don't think we could stop them. So let's at least make them have to get a touchdown and not beat us with a field goal. I could have lived with that. But trying to go up one with four minutes to go when you have not stopped them leaves you in a situation where if you don't get it, Three first down, the game's over. I mean, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the decisions that these guys make every single week. I see this every single... The Chargers are the, the worst with this. The Chargers coach these games like they're coaching a game matter. But it's every week. Every week you go around, I find you five to eight instances where they have no idea how to manage the clock, when to go for two, when not to go for two. Every fourth down is a go. Fourth and one, fourth and two. Well, analytics say you have to go for it. Yeah, the analytics is the shit that's getting everybody fired.
Philadelphia 20 to 17 over Arizona. Kudos to Philadelphia. Rough, rough game to win on the road. I loved Arizona in this game, getting the five points. I gave that. That was one of the Sergio Rodriguez plays. Arizona covered. Philly took care of job. Didn't look ahead to the Dallas matchup. Good job by the Eagles. The Cowboys 22 to 10 over the Rams. The Rams are having all sorts of trouble offensively. I think eventually they will figure out a way to get to that magical number of 20 to 21, which they will need because their defense is solid. But against a team like the Cowboys, who has not given up multiple touchdowns in any game that they've played, the Cowboys played them at the right time. And you could just see that they could have played eight quarters. The Rams were not going to score against that defense. They just were not. And that sets up a big matchup on Sunday night. Dallas at Philly, 4-1 versus 5-0. I don't believe Dak will be back, which is almost a good thing. Their only loss is with Dak. But here's Philly's opportunity to take essentially a three-game lead in the division over the Cowboys, right, or a two-and-a-half. Because they have one in hand. They would have a second game if they win, plus the first tiebreaker. And if the Ravens beat the Giants, then you can definitely be in a comfortable situation through the first third of the season. And I'm interested in seeing that Ravens-Giants line because this will show you a lot of how Vegas views this Giant team. Because I've been telling you, I don't think the Giants are a good team. But they figured out a way to win their games. Credit to them. But I always, I'm always interested as to how Vegas views these teams. In other words, if you have a 3-2 and two team that has been as spotty as Baltimore going on the road to play a team who just came off a win versus Green Bay and is 4-1, and one, that line should be if you really want to be, if you want to say, well, the Giants are a little beat up, Lamar Jackson does get a lot of credit by Vegas. I don't know why, because he's, to me, he's just a really good football player. Terrible quarterback. Showed it again this week. Missing wide open receivers all over the place. Guy couldn't throw a party. I'm going to tell you that line should be Ravens minus one or minus two. I'm interested to see what that line is. If it's minus one or minus two, the Giants are going to win that game outright. I'd be shocked if that line is higher than three. If it is, what Vegas is telling you is that to them, the Giants are just a team that's smoke and mirrors. That's no respect. Because you can't tell me after watching the first five games of each team, that Baltimore should be anything above a three-point favorite on the road against the Giants. Baltimore's not any good. Secondary stinks. Quarterback play is spotty from the pocket. Yeah, he'll make a couple of plays with his legs. But you saw them this week. And you've been watching them. They blew the Miami game. 
They're a bunch of frauds. So very interested. Keep an eye on that. That'll tell you a lot as a Giant fan about what Vegas believes of your team. Baltimore did win at Cincinnati, or they they, they did beat uh, Cincinnati at home 19-17. Look, Cincinnati will figure out a way to get into the playoffs, in my opinion. I do believe so. But it seems to me like they're playing with a little lack of urgency right now. They're going to have to figure this out because you don't want to be playing all these games on the road come the playoffs. And that division is there to be taken. They lost a bad game. They're they're a better team than Baltimore. You can't lose that game. I don't care if it is on the road. A lot of good games. We spoke about Buffalo, about Baltimore and the Giants this week. We spoke about Dallas and Philly on Sunday night. Interesting game. Denver at the Chargers on Monday night. If you're Denver, you can't go to two and four. And think that you're going to make some noise in a division where the Chiefs, if they win this week, will be 5-1. and one, And the Chargers, if they beat you, are going to be 4-2. and two. Just can't do it. So that becomes an interesting Monday night game. And then obviously the game of the week, Buffalo at Kansas City. Both teams are 4-1. and one. Buffalo, after the hiccup with all the injuries in Miami now look like they're firing on all cylinders again. Kansas City, in my opinion, didn't play that well last night. But sometimes you got to be careful with those divisional games and how they pop up. Friday, we'll put out our picks again. We'll do our gambling show. And uh, the baseball playoffs, now we're all set for round two. Cleveland, New York should be an interesting matchup because the Yankees now left Chapman off the roster. They had an issue with Chapman where he wanted an assurance that he would definitely be on the roster and the Yankees would not give it to him. So that's off the Yankees tend not to hit when they haven't played a couple of days. So that's going to be interesting. Phillies and Braves, phenomenal series. I think it'll be the best series there, Astros and Mariners. I give the Mariners a punching chance, a puncher's chance, because the Astros have Verlander, but they don't have anybody else that you would be like, okay, I mean, they're a 106-win team, but they're not one of these teams like the Dodgers that are running out three and four guys that you would be scared to face in 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 an elimination setting you know verlander i get it the other guys solid but you know there's no scherzer there padres and dodgers should be a good series always a good series between those two uh divisional rivals you've been listening to the sergio rodriguez show a show unlike any other